probably a word that you've heard before. In fact, you have likely uh, sang it in several songs. I mean, it appears several times in the songs that we sing. But what does it actually mean? See, I happen to believe that if we're going to use words, we need to understand what they mean. And I hope that we can take a look at the word Hosanna and better understand what it means and what it needs to mean to us. So for that, I want us to start off in the Gospel of Mark, in Mark chapter 11. Now, this is toward the end of Mark's gospel, and this is as Jesus is entering into Jerusalem. If you remember, this is going to be the final time that Jesus enters into Jerusalem, and uh, he is going to be crucified a week later. But as he's entering in, do you remember what happens? Well, I'll give you a hint. It has something to do with the word Hosanna. Let's take a look at it from Mark 11. Mark 11, verses 1 through 7. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord needs it, and will send it back here shortly. 
They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied to the door at the doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, What are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their coats over it, he sat on it. Now, you've probably already kind of uh, realized this setting. Well, this is it. Okay, let's keep reading. Verses 8 through 11 now. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches that they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Now, if you continue reading, you find out that, that Jesus, he's coming into Jerusalem. And that last little bit there in verse 11, we know that he went into the temple courts. Well, we're going to find out if you continue on reading that what he's about to do is he's about to turn over the tables. You probably know that story. We're not going to get into that story very much uh, right now. But I just want you to know that's what's coming. So Jesus was aware of it before he ever went into the temple, before he ever turned over the tables. He already went and he saw everything that was happening. But you know what? He didn't respond immediately. He took time to think about it and to process the information. And then he did something about it. Well, right here as he's entering into Jerusalem, though, we see that it's amazing this type of reception that he gets. People are coming before him and after him. They're shouting these things. What are they shouting? They're shouting, Hosanna. Well, what does that mean? We'll get to that in a moment. But when you connect it with some of these other words, you start to see Hosanna is connected with blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Doesn't this describe Jesus great? I mean, Jesus literally gives us even more depth about what the name of the Lord means. You know, sometimes we hear the name of the Lord from the Old Testament as being Yahweh, and, and we think, okay, so the name of the Lord, it's Yahweh. That's great. We know his name. But what's the significance of that? What does it mean? When Jesus came, he taught us more completely what it means to know the name of the Lord and have that type of relationship with the Lord. We also see another phrase that they're stating in verse 10. Is, Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. They are pronouncing. They know Jesus is bringing this, this promised kingdom. That's what his purpose is all about. And then they end it again with Hosanna in the highest heaven. So now Hosanna deals with things not only on earth. That's what the first Hosanna seems to deal with a little bit more. But then also things on heaven as well, or in heaven as well. So we have things on earth, things in heaven. But what does Hosanna mean? Well, to this, I hope that you could get into the habit of looking at some of these little notes that are found in your Bible. Because if you're reading from the NIV, which is what this quote is, is uh, it comes from, you'll find a little note at the very bottom. It says that uh, Hosanna has a note that says, a Hebrew expression meaning save. So quote unquote, save with an exclamation mark, which became an exclamation of praise. Also in verse 10. So we see it in verse nine. We see it in verse 10. Hosanna, it means save. It means kind of, depending on sort of uh, what the context of, you know, it kind of means this cry of salvation, this cry for deliverance, this need for salvation. Isn't that very fitting for whenever Jesus enters into Jerusalem? He is fulfilling scripture. He's coming to establish this kingdom. He's coming in the name of the Lord and all things in heaven and on earth need to praise him for this salvation that he is bringing. But, you know, this is something that we need to continue to do. It's not something that we just, uh, you know, we can read about it and say, okay, well, that, that was great at that time. 
there's actually a little bit more depth to this this phrase Hosanna and I want us to to see a little bit more about that by the way as far as the term Hosanna coming from the Bible you won't necessarily see too many times that it's going to be translated Hosanna it's going to show up a lot more in our songs that we sing and there's a reason behind that the reason is that even from a historical perspective that was a phrase that was connected with the Jewish worship that they did so it makes sense that we kind of carried that over into Christianity and that it is a form of worship for us it's a form that we we might sing about and we might ex exclaim you know be so excited about praising uh, God who brings about this salvation for us and it all has to do with this the salvation that God brings and how he has brought deliverance time and time again you see that it actually kind of comes in, in this quotation here in verses 9 and 10 it comes from the Psalms in fact Psalm 118 in Psalm 118, verses 25 through 26, you'll see it's the same thing that we just read pretty much. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. This is the fulfillment that Jesus was, was fulfilling whenever he came in to Jerusalem. But, you know, another thing that we see is, is uh, that statement about uh, Hosanna. It's connected not just to the time whenever Jesus entered into Jerusalem, but it also appears in some early church writings as well. Now, I'm not talking about early church writings like things we find in the Bible. I'm talking about the next few hundred years or so after uh, the Bible is written. We see that, that you know Christians are still writing things. And I want to share with you something that comes from the early church. It's from a book called the, the Didache. Uh, that might or might not be how you kind of pronounce it uh, in, in all uh, or might hear it pronounced. Um, but it's one of these early church writings. Now, I want you to know, and that's why I put it up on the screen every, everywhere, this is not the Bible, okay? So we're not quoting the Bible, but it is an early kind of instruction manual a little bit, um, kind of some helpful things that somebody might want to know. And this is actually some of the instructions that are about communion. Whenever they, they take communion, it actually gives you some statements about, you know, what you can say, because, you know, if you've ever been in that situation, where you know you, you're the one who's maybe kind of giving a communion talk or, or or leading the prayers you might be thinking okay well what do i say well they had some of the same questions early on and part of this uh shows up to us in in kind of um the, in the didache 10 6 that's kind of a reference as to how you could look this up but this is some part of what could be said around communion this is kind of how uh, the last few things that you could say uh with regards to communion there's the typical uh, blessings of the bread and blessings of the cup. And then toward the end, this statement is made and it's supposed to be part of the prayer. Let grace come and let this world pass away. Hosanna to the God of David. If anyone is holy, let him come. If not, let him repent. Our Lord come. Amen. And kind of this, this prayer is, is praising God. We see that let grace come. Uh, that's kind of a, a phrase that's that uh, it has to do with Jesus, you know, has to do with Christ, you know, Christ coming and let this world pass away. And then Hosanna to the God of David. This is all praising God, the God who brings about deliverance, the God who brings about salvation. And we see that this is connected uh, from very early on in history to communion. Hmm. Think about that. You know, we oftentimes connect Hosanna to songs that we might sing, but Hosanna was also connected to communion. And communion is one of those things that we participate in that also reminds us of that salvation, doesn't it? And I want to take you to the words of Jesus. In Mark chapter 14, verses 22 through 25, taking you back to the very night that Jesus was betrayed, this is what he said about communion then. 
While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. Truly I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus told his disciples, and that's kind of what is passed on even to us today about this this blood uh, of the, the covenant there. It's poured out for many. This right here, the cup and the bread, they have to do with this sacrifice that Jesus gave, which ultimately leads to our salvation. It's what Christ did so that we can be saved. Yes, it makes sense that it's connected to communion. But you know, there's also even a little bit more depth to it being connected to communion. Because whenever you look at the, the, the first uh, communion, we oftentimes will call this kind of the Last Supper. Well, it was part of their Passover festival. So it, there, it, it even makes sense as to why there's connections to the Passover celebration. Because that Passover time, that was like the first big event of salvation that's talked about in the Bible. And I want to share with you just a few verses that, that clearly show that. So going back to the book of Exodus, whenever they were crossing uh, through, of course, the Red Sea, in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance or salvation the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. And then on down later, we find out what exactly took place in verses 29 and 30. The Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and a wall of water on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. This is salvation. This is the deliverance that the Lord brings. And it's not by accident that all these things are connected with the salvation that God brings. God has been saving his people for a long time. And we see that he ultimately saved his people through his son, Jesus Christ. But you know, even in the story back here in the book of Exodus, whenever they were crossing over, they were doing this all by the command of God, weren't they? In fact, Moses was leading the people, but Moses received a call to go and lead the people. And that call is that, that time whenever he, uh, when God appeared to him in that burning bush. And one of the things that, that was part of that conversation is found in Exodus uh, chapter uh, chapters 3 and 4. But especially, I want us to look at a few verses from chapter 3. In Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 through 14, Part of the conversation that Moses has with God at the burning bush is this. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you were to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And with that, God sends Moses to the Israelites. And that is how that salvation is brought about. That is how the, the deliverance takes place. We see from back in Psalm 118 that the phrase Hosanna is connected with coming in the name of the Lord and how blessed that is. Moses came in the name of the Lord. Jesus came in the name of the Lord. The Lord who saves. Our God is the one who saves. Our God is amazing. And in the New Testament, we see kind of this more complete picture. We see that Hosanna can be connected with songs of praise. It can be connected with the communion that we take. It can be connected just with our everyday lives and what it means that that salvation has come to us through Jesus Christ. And I want to share with you 
one final passage from uh, the book of, of Acts this time. Now, this is something that is in the Bible, okay? It's from the early church, but we're going back even before the, the Didache that I, I shared with you uh, just a moments earlier. This goes back to the writings that we have recorded. In the book of Acts, the early church was starting to be persecuted. And as they were being persecuted, they were asked to, to give a defense, actually, for what they were doing. You know, they were healing people. And the religious leaders of their day want to know, why are you healing people? How are you healing people? You know, what is this that's in our midst? And I want to take you to some of the words that are stated right there from the early church and some of the, the, uh, the original apostles, even. In Acts chapter 4, verses 8 through 13, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame and are being asked how he is healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. This is what Jesus does to people. He impacts them. He changes them. After you have had this encounter with Jesus and become a Christian, you can no longer be the same. That was true with Peter and John, and it's true with us today as well. When Jesus saves us, it does something to us. It changes us. All for the better, of course, but it does change us. It's something that is, is noteworthy. We see right here that we see salvation is found in no one else. In verse 12, there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. It is the name of Jesus. So we see this, this passage is part of what he quotes, by the way, also comes from Psalm 118. So another connection that we see. There's so many passages in the Bible that are, that are constantly quoted from and, and connected to this salvation that is part of God's plan. And the word Hosanna is also connected to God's plan of salvation. In the term Hosanna, I hope that as we continue to use it, and as you maybe will sing it, that, that you will recognize and remember that it is a word of praise, an exclamation of praise, that it also has this connection with salvation and deliverance. And it also has a connection with being blessed, uh, the, the one who comes, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Let's make sure that we can learn all these things and recognize when we sing the words Hosanna, or when we re read the words Hosanna, it has to do with praising God who brings about our salvation. It is in his name, in the name of Jesus, that all these great things can be accomplished and that we can receive salvation. Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna in the highest heaven, Hosanna on earth as well. We want you back, we want you back. We want the sheep back in the fold. We want you back, we want you back. We want the coin back in its mold Lost like a sheep that went astray Or a son who dared to roam Come, Come back to the faith Come, Come back to your God Come, Come back to the fold We want you back We want you back We want you back We want the sheep back in the fold
back. We want you back. We want the sheep back in the fold. We want you back. We want you back. We want the coin back in its mold. Oh, please don't stay there in the world. For it's temporary joys. Come back to the faith. Come back to your God. Come back to the fold. Come back to the fold. We want you back. We want you back. We want the sheep back in the fold. We want you back. We want you back. We want the coin back in its mold. Though you have wandered far away, you can come back to your home. Come back to the faith. Come back to your God. Come back to the fold.